Welcome to the Contending for the Word podcast, a podcast devoted to helping inform, educate, equip, and warn people about false teachers, false movements, and unbiblical philosophies. Now join our host for today's episode and enjoy. This is such a powerful interview, and I pray that you will listen to as much as you can, because my guest today is named Sandeep, who was born and raised as a Hindu in India from the high priestly caste of Brahmin. And he had a house in his family house. They had a Hindu temple in his house where people would come in and practice yoga and worship the 30 million Hindu deities. And then Sandeep read the Bible and everything changed. God called him out of Hinduism and he lost everything when he became a Christian because in India, as he'll talk about, Christianity is persecuted, and he could have been sent to jail for being a Christian. So now he lives in the U.S., and he calls out Hinduism, and he warns the church, and he warns New Asians that Hinduism, and in particular yoga, cannot be redeemed at all. There's no such thing as holy yoga, he says, and it's horrible for children, he says in this video, and he says why. And he quotes the Hindu scripture because he grew up reading it. He knows the Vedas. He knows the Bible. And so this interview is fascinating. Even though I've done a lot of videos on yoga, and I myself, I practiced yoga for over 20 years, almost daily before I was saved. Um, I learned so much in this interview about the real dangers of doing yoga. And we can stretch, you know, we can do stretches from physical therapy charts, for example, those are great. But if you do any of the poses or asanas from yoga, you're putting yourself into grave spiritual danger, and you are violating the first and second commandments. So let's listen to what Sandeep has to say. Again, born and raised Hindu. He now calls himself ex-Hindu on Facebook, and his story is amazing. And I just want to ask you, first of all, Sandeep, before we dive in, I get called a racist all the time for calling out Hinduism. Am I a racist for doing this? <laughs> Absolutely no, no. I think today, in today's time, anything we speak about the truth, uh, you will be called something. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay, <laughs> what's wrong with doing yoga? When it comes to yoga, India is seen as the capital of yoga uh, for the entire world. Uh, if, if we know about, if we talk about the Beatles, you know, you know the the band they traveled to India. Uh, Blavatsky was the who who is was known for the as the founder of the New Age movement. Uh, Velina Blavatsky, she traveled to India. She she spent time in India. So in, India is known as the yoga capital of the world. So people whoever practices yoga, I, I always keep telling this that you have to go to the roots. Uh, what does the how did it all start? Uh, uh, how did yoga practice start? What's the history behind it? And uh, okay, but I'm doing stretching. Uh, but is it connected? Uh, but I don't believe in the Hindu gods. I'm just stretching. Uh, but uh, d does that what the Hindu scripture says? Like that's how should we should you do yoga uh, without believing in the gods? And does the Hindu scripture uh, talks about or mentions about the Hindu gods? If it doesn't, then uh, anyone can say, okay, look, it doesn't say. So why do you, you know, why why are you accusing that yoga is connected with Hinduism? But if the Hindu scripture, which talks about yoga, like 
there are different Hindu scriptures, Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, uh, Shiva Sahita. We have uh, Yoga Tattva Upanishad. Now, if these scriptures mentions Hindu name, uh, Hindu gods' names, so it does show one thing that yoga is indeed related uh, with the Hindu gods. It's very much well connected. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so each pose or asana that we do in yoga or that I used to do in yoga, is it glorifying a Hindu deity? That's what we keep hearing now. Yes. Uh, and there is a very uh, well-known book uh, written by one of the, uh, one of very prominent uh, yoga guru. The book name is The Light of Yoga, where uh, it talks about that how different poses like the uh, Surya Namaskar or the sun uh, salute, you, you just uh, raising your hand and looking uh, upward and toward the sun and so that's that, that's a worship of the sun god and now here's the question does the hindu scripture talk about um, worshiping of sun all right so we have to go to hindu scriptures we have to open the hindu scriptures like the rig veda is you know the vedas are believed to be the oldest of uh, all hindu scriptures and they are the they are seen as the bedrock uh, so if you talk with any Hindu, they will say, okay, forget everything. Let's open the Vedas. You know, the yoga gurus or the ashrams, yoga ashrams in India. I come from the eastern part of India. So uh, there are so many yoga ashrams. I have been to yoga ashram since childhood. If you're born in a Brahmin caste family, I come from the upper caste of, uh, of Hinduism. So you go to ashrams and you see different kind of idols. Now, uh, this is your India. This is the yoga capital of the world. So here yoga took birth, right? Uh, I mean, if you have to learn yoga, you have to go to the roots. You have to see, okay, does the Hindu scripture say that? Okay, let's open Rig Veda. And it does say it connects to Hindu God, chapter one. Uh, so it is very much connected, very much connected to uh, Hindu gods. Okay. That's really important because, as you know, as a Christian, the we're still under the Ten Commandments, and the first two right. commandments are that we shall have no other gods before our one true God, and that mm -hmm. we shall not have worship any graven images or have graven images. So would you say, Sandeep, that using your body to go into the shape of a – like Shiva, let's, let's just say that the Lord of the Dance pose – uh, right. Ranja, I can't, I can't pronounce it. Nataraj. So that pose, yeah. is it making your body into a graven image? It, it is. It is. Mm -hmm. uh, so to understand about Shiva, if we, if we search, if we type who is the Lord of Yoga, the name which will pop up is Shiva. Now, now the question is to learn about Shiva, we have to go to uh, the Shiv Puran, which is the most important scripture to study about the life of Shiva, like to study about Jesus, we, uh, where do we go? We go to the Bible to study about Muhammad. We have to go to the Quran. Uh, so Shiv Puran, uh, it clearly mentions that to worship Shiva, you have to make idols and and poses like, for example, uh, Shiva Sahita. It's a Hindu scripture. Shiva Sahita. In Shiva Sahita, it clearly mentions yoga poses like the Padmasana, which is a lotus pose which is the beginning of uh, like like a beginning pose before you do any kind of yoga uh, so you sit down you chant the mantra om 
Uh, and then there are many other poses like the Bhadrasana, uh, Simhasana, uh, that's a lion pose, uh, Kumrasana, the tortoise pose. Uh, in Siva Sahita, it clearly says that these are the uh, gifts from the god Shiva. Uh, and so if you do that, what you're doing is you're, you're directly worshipping and, and having like showing your respect to the god Shiva. And then you get free from the samsara cycle, which is the reincarnation uh, cycle. So uh, it's very much spiritual. It's a worship of Shiva. Uh, and then if you open Shiv Puran, you get to see there is mention of uh, making idols to worship the god Shiva. So it's idol worship, actually. And that's why we get to see in many ashrams, yoga ashrams, uh, some kind of pictures or posters uh, at the background. You know, but people deny, okay, uh, they are not connected. But then why do you have the Nataraj, the dancing pose, you know, the idol? Yeah, exactly. That's yoga studios where I learned about all these Hindu deities. And then I started to have the statues in my house and the paintings. And, and I'd have clothing that would say Ganesha because I was told he was the overcomer of obstacles. So he could help me with my blocks. <laughs> he could help right. me with life. And that Lakshmi could help me with abundance and, and manifesting money. So I was... Yeah. I was not only making my body a graven image with yoga, but I started to worship these beings, and right. uh, and and it's a big mistake. So this is this brings me to my next question for you, Sandeep. A lot of Christians say that they can do holy yoga and they can remove uh, any kind of uh, Sanskrit, any kind of you know, any kind of worshiping of these Hindu deities from yoga. Is it possible to sanitize and redeem yoga in your mind, knowing what you know now about the Vedas and the Bible? As a, as a Indian, as a born Hindu who comes from India, uh, I would laugh at this. I mean, I, you can never do that. You can never take out the, the gods from uh, the yoga, the philosophy of yoga. Uh, so uh, any any yoga uh, scriptures, if you open in Hinduism, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali is the most important, one of the most important uh, yoga scripture. Uh, you get to see that uh, in chapter one, it, it says that the chanting of Om, uh, Om, if you chant this, this is the voice of the God, uh, of, of the gods. So here is the question, who are the gods? Um, but if you take that scripture out, you, you're just cutting and uh, re-editing according to your own emotions and your own beliefs. It's like, all right, I will take out the book of John from the Bible. I don't want that. But that that's not how it works. You have to read the whole book and you have to see, okay, does it say, does it say that it is it can be taken out? No, it says that the chanting of Om is the voice of the Hindu gods, and uh, and I and I believe no, uh, mm -hmm. you can't do that. If you're a real yogi, really, if you you call yourself a yogi, you have to believe in these gods. You can't just do the poses, the the Surya Namaskar, which is a sun salute, and you can and and you believe that okay, I'm not worshiping the sun. But uh, it's, it, these are the roots. You you can't just edit and mm -hmm. and just practice. I agree. Um, some of the pushback that I get from Christians is that this is uh, analogous to the meat that was worshipped in pagan temples that Paul talked about, and that he said that 
it's okay for believers to eat that meat because the idols are nothing. But he did say that if it could cause a brother to stumble, he would not eat that meat, didn't he? Right. And right. so, could if a Christian does yoga, could you see how that could cause someone else to stumble into idolatry? It, it, it does. And a lot of churches, I would say, Doran, that they they practice yoga. I have been. I, I was. I remember. I was in Florida, and and this pastor was uh, sharing with me that he knows a church where they regularly practice yoga, and and they don't. They believe in Jesus, but only in Jesus. But uh, they say that we just do it for physical purpose because you know it. We love to bend left, right, back, front. You know because these are new things in the West. You know people never did it five hundred years ago. So now it's a very uh, like new trend, you know, okay, I have never practiced, so let's do this, you know, exercise. But but uh, he, here is the thing, okay, I'm doing holy yoga, but uh, when you call the term holy, what, are, are the gods holy? Okay, but I'm not, I don't believe in those gods, I believe in Jesus. Or, but, but then Jesus never practiced yoga. I mean, we don't see that in the Bible, the apostles, or the early creeds also, like the church father writings, there's no mention of that they are practicing any kind of physical uh, exercise, something like that. And yoga, if we go back to the history, uh, yoga uh, is a very ancient practice, which I will accept. Yes, many Hindus say, okay, yoga is an ancient practice. I accept yoga what existed back in Jesus' time also. People in India, um, the gurus, they, they practice yoga. And But why didn't Jesus mention that in the scripture? Why didn't apostles, any of the apostles or the church fathers, they, they never talked about all, the, all of these things. But how can yoga be holy? I mean, the gods which are related to the Shiva, for example, now, who is, the, who is the, the main deity in Hinduism, you know, the lord of yoga is known as. But now, was Shiva holy? Uh, uh, did he live like Jesus? Uh, can can he be seen as similar to Jesus, holy, righteous, without sin, uh, someone whom we can follow besides Jesus, you know? Um, so for that, we have to go to the Hindu scriptures. Uh, we have to open Shiv Puran. We have to read his life, uh, who was Shiva, you know? Uh, and, and we see a very different person compared to Jesus, way different. Yeah, that makes sense. And the word yoga means yoke, doesn't it? It does. It does. In the Rig Veda, which is the part of Vedas, the, there are four Vedas, Rig Veda, Yaju, Sama, Atharva Veda. Rig Veda is believed to be the oldest of all the four Vedas. In the, in the Rig Veda, chapter one, if anyone opens, uh, it clearly says uh, in Mandala one that um, the word yoga means yoking, huge. Which, which was back then it was uh, believed to be yoking with the horses. So so the whole point, the whole, the whole meaning of the term yoga is yoking with something, something spiritual. And the Hindu god named Indra, Indra is a Hindu deity in, in Hinduism. Uh, so the word Indra, the, the Hindu god Indra is mentioned there. Yoking, the word yoga is connected with Indra. Uh, and so, so you see the spiritual connection. Why is the Indra name mentioned there? That, that's the whole question. Now, if I take Indra out, you can't do that. <laughs> I mean, these are the history. These are the roots. These are the scriptures. You can't re-edit and, and make it as your own. Yeah. Yeah. You never hear anyone say holy baseball or holy golf or holy swimming. Right. They, they only <laughs> say it to yoga because they're trying to uh, redeem it. 
right modify it according yeah. to uh, according to their own understanding right if so it was just yoga exercise is yoking. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yoking means um for those who don't know that word it means to bind to to yeah and so that's really scary and it reminds me that uh, someone did a survey in this private group that I'm in for ex new agers who are now christians and they asked what was it that got you into new age in the first place and the biggest majority said that they started with yoga and it right. led them into new age and then there's this woman named dr candy gunther brown who wrote an excellent book of studies about yoga and she found that people got into yoga initially for health but in six, within 6 months those same people said they were in yoga still for spirituality right so, uh, i i always keep telling this that if there are any yoga places we go uh, like i currently live uh, in the northwest part in the north uh, here in new jersey and, and i've been to a few yoga centers here just to observe you know what's going on and, and i get to see yoga uh, like the hindu idols and and i keep telling this if there are 100 people practicing yoga out of 100 people 90 people will fall into the trap of hinduism they they, they do no the rest 10 are like still there and maybe down the line 5 years they get into hinduism they have a soft corner for hindu gods and the hindu philosophy and the new age uh, is a uh, is a package of hinduism uh many of the practices uh, the kundalini and the and the tantra uh, yoga yoga is the the main thing that's how they the, the door opens actually the the gurus who comes to the western world uh, western countries they they introduce yoga in the schools in the universities here and so it's a trend it's a very popular thing and then slowly yeah. you get into hinduism it is it's it just seems like a doorway to that darkness um although when i was in the new age we all romanticized both hinduism and buddhism in fact i remember that i i wanted to be a hindu and and i was one point where i was my middle name is lee and i was seriously considering legally changing my middle name to lakshmi because that's oh. how much i was involved with worshiping her So and I, and I didn't know about her before I got into yoga it was just all I thought that people in Hinduism and Buddhism they had the answers that they were the peaceful people because they all seemed very nice and they right. seemed they seemed like they were above and elevated above the evangelical Christians that I knew who all seemed very fear based so could you talk about that hey. is Hin- is Hinduism the path of peace that the new agers <laughs> believe uh again during the the thing we have to do here is we have to open the scriptures um those are the bedrocks i, I always like when i was getting out of hinduism people started questioning okay hinduism is the oldest you know christianity is just 2000 years old well, i mean you are leaving the oldest religion for christianity come on and so th- that was a time which pushed me to open the hindu scriptures the vedas the ramayana mahabharata the different purans the dharma sutras the sastras uh, and and next week i i kept the bible and i started comparing uh, there's so much a difference the philosophy is, the, is totally different it, it talks about reincarnation that after you die you come back to this world bhagavad gita is one of the very important scripture in hinduism it's seen as it is seen as the bible uh, in india bhagavad gita uh, so bhagavad gita in in the book 9 uh it talks about that um you, you, you die you go back to 
you know, if you are believers, you go to heaven. Then you, after your uh, good merits, they are burnt. You come back to the same life, uh, to the world of suffering. And so it's it, it's like it's a cycle. There is no permanent uh, escape, even from the reincarnation cycle. You know, that's the reason why uh, the Buddhist, you know, Gautama Buddha, uh, you know, uh, who started the Buddhism. Uh, it's very similar to Hinduism. He was born in hin Hindu family, the Kshatriya caste, but he, he didn't like a few things in Hinduism. So, so he started his own journey of enlightenment. He left his family in the middle of a night. We, we find this story in the, in the Nobel Truth, which is the first, first uh, part of the Jataka, uh, which is a Buddhist uh, scripture. If, if anyone opens Jataka, the first uh, part, which is the noble truth, talks about Buddha's life, you know, how he started the whole enlightenment path. In the middle of a night, he left his family, his father, his mother, his, his newly married uh, wife and his newly born son, uh, Rahula. Uh, he was, his son was just born. In the middle of everything, he just left and he, he went to the forest. You know, is that how... You know, is that the person whom we should follow? I mean, I mean, look at the life. I mean, should we make our life like that? You know, these were my questions. You know, if I have to compare Jesus and Shiva, okay, let's look at what Shiva did. You know, how he lived his life and how Jesus is li Jesus lived. Yeah, and there's so much of difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are not the same person. No, not at all. Uh, that brings me to the pose that I unfortunately did for over 20 years as part of the sun salutation series, Virabhadras or Virabhadrasana, right. the asana or the pose of Virabhadras. And so he's part of Shiva's um, story, isn't he? He's, he's right. some, somehow, he is. is he the one that murdered and in, 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 in somehow was doing revenge and, and then Ganesha's head was involved? I, right, right. Ganesha. So Ganesha's head was chopped off by Shiva. There's a whole story uh, mm -hmm. in the Shiv Puran. Ganesha is actually the son of Shiva, uh, and so um, so so Ganesha was uh, like it's a whole story. Like Shiva's wife Parvati is taking a bath, a shower, and Shiva wants to enter the house, but uh, his own wife told Ganesha that you can't enter the house. Uh, uh, like uh, if Shiva comes. Um, he cannot enter the house uh, because she is taking shower uh, with her friends. So she's having a good time. And so here comes Shiva. He, he wants to enter the, uh, you know, his own house. But Ganesha cannot recognize his father, his own father. And so, you know, they fight. Shiva gets angry. He chops off Ganesha's head. And so Ganesha is, is again, related to the Bhadrasana in yoga. Mm hmm mm hmm yeah, and so the elephant head, the baby elephant head, became Ganesha's head then? Yes, and, and so the head was chopped off, and so there was an elephant in nearby forest, and it's a whole myth, mythological yeah. you know, story, and the elephant head was put on Ganesha, and that's mm -hmm. how Ganesha became uh, a god, yeah, and, who which is, is connected to yoga. Right, and Virabhadras, yeah, so that's, this is scary. Now, again... I, I'm, I'm going to ask you, I believe that we should stretch every day. And I right. always recommend the, the physical therapy stretches that you can find charts of for free online. 
Um, for instance, if you go to a doorway that's open and you put your hands up and you lean forward and lean back and twist, right. there's no spirituality to that. It's spiritually neutral <laughs> to right. do the physical it's, therapy stretches, and it's helpful. It's called therapy exercise. Like yes. I always tell people, like like my father, I sometimes tell you know you can wake up early morning, you can take a walk, you can jog around, you know jogging, and uh, you can you can do stretches, you can do exercises, but but when you specifically do certain yoga pose again that that is hinduism there because yeah. if there was no hinduism there would not have been this pose for example if there were no uh, the hatha yoga pradapika is one of the very important hindu scripture hatha yoga pradapika you know the hatha yoga yeah. uh, so which is mostly like the physical asanas different kind of asanas uh, poses if that book didn't exist, which was mostly written around, uh, like most of the yoga poses which we know today, these are uh, pretty new in, uh, invention. It's, uh, it's newly created. Whereas Padmasana mm. is a ancient pose, uh, the lotus pose. It, it, it goes back to like more than 2000 years ago because we have some statues uh, which have been found by the archaeological team. Uh, in India, so so archaeologists have found the Padmasana pose, but other poses like the Simhasana, the lion pose, or the uh, the Kurumasana, the tortoise pose, we don't see these particular poses. Like we don't have any evidence for these poses. See, if the Hatha Yoga Pradapik, if you take this scripture out, there is no these poses. You know, so mm -hmm. so the, so it's very much related to Hinduism. Hinduism is nothing without yoga. I always tell this. And yoga is nothing without Hinduism. Interesting. So let's, um, I've heard there's 3 million Hindu deities. Is that correct? Yes, there is three, 300, actually 30 million. 30 million? Uh, yeah, 30 million. Uh, there is all kind of number. So in, wow. in, in Hindi, Hindi is one of the most uh, spoken language in India. So it said that uh, this karor, which means that uh, there is, so one crore means uh, 10 million. So 30 crore means like 300, uh, 330 million gods, actually. Wow. Uh, yeah, but no one knows everyone's name, but there's so many. Uh, Shiva, Brahma, Vishnu, Kali. Oh, Kali yeah. was one I was big into. And in, in yoga, that's called the goddess pose, where you do right? a, squ a squat and you're, you're glorifying Kali. You're making your body into a graven image of Kali, could you talk about her? Because a lot yeah. of women think that she's amazing, and so, I uh, I used to. <laughs> I wouldn't touch her now. Yeah, I I I always uh, see that anyone who practices yoga, they are mostly have a soft corner for Shiva, especially Ganesha, uh, Lakshmi, Parvati, uh, Ganga. Uh, uh, so Kali is actually in Hindu scripture, according to Hindu scripture, the best. Uh, book to read about Kali, who Kali was really, not read about, I always tell this, if you have to learn about Shiva, you have to go to the Hindu books, not what your local yoga center or a guru tells you, okay, learn this small magazine, you know, which talks about Shiva. No, you have to go to the Shiv Puran, the Hindu scriptures, because these are the bedrocks. If there, these things didn't, if these books didn't exist, like for example, in Bible, if we never had the Bible, I mean, the the gospel would not have spread. There's a reason why the Bible exists and the you know, the word spread. So anything right. about Christianity, we go to the Bible. So uh, Kalika Puran is one of the most important scripture to study about the life of Kali. 
and and Kali is uh, the wife of Shiva. Uh, and in that scripture, when I started to study, I mean, I, I can't even uh, like say like there is uh, so many weird ways how you have to worship Kali. Like you have to provide human blood. Uh, actually, uh, it's there in the Kalika Purana. You have to sacrifice blood. Uh, you have to drink the blood. Um, so uh, when I started to study all of this, uh, I was like, uh, I mean, the Bi I don't see this in the Bible, in you know, a sacrifice mm -hmm. of uh, no. human blood and you have to drink the blood. And so th is this the God you are worshipping? And uh, so I, I was reading recently Matsa Puran. Uh, it's one of the, again, uh, there are different Puranas, which is one of the part of, one of, one of the type of Hindu scripture. And over there you get to see Shiva fighting with his own wife whose name is Parvati. Now, in Hinduism, I think if you know that there is a common belief that everyone is one. Shiva is Brahma, Brahma is Shiva, Krishna is Shiva. You know, it's all same. They always say there is no 330 million. When you say this, they are like, the Hindus will be like, no, no, there is just one God. It's just different forms, you know, different paths, different ways. Then why are there different scriptures? Uh, when I used to go to a Shiva temple, when I was a Hindu for uh, 20 years of my life, almost, uh, I never went to a Shiva temple and, and prayed the Krishna prayer. You know, I prayed to Shiva. Mm -hmm. And so uh, in Matsa Puran, I was reading and I see like Shiva is fighting with uh, Parvati, who is Kali actually, is another name. Parvati is another name is Kali. Really? It's a different wow. form. Yeah. Oh boy. So Parvati, Kali, uh, Lakshmi, these are all the. I'll say like a concert uh, of Shiva. So you get to see gods fighting with each other and Shiva accuses Parvati that you are not, uh, you are not enough white. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm fair complexion. You are darker than me. So Parvati goes to a mountain to pray and, you know, so you get to see racism over there in the Hindu scriptures, you know, that's why in India, you know, uh, to become fair, Fear complexion is a big thing, actually. So Hinduism is racist and it uh, looks it, at skin it, color? It, it is. In Shiv oh. Puran, in Shiv Puran, there is a mention that Shiva was white. He, his skin color was white. He was a fair complexion. We don't see that in the Bible where Jesus, no. uh, there's a talk about that Jesus was white or brown or black or, you know. Um, and then in Matsa Puran, like I was telling you, chapter 155 to 156, if anyone opens, in Matsa Puran, over there you see in chapter, it starts from chapter 155, it, it talks about that Shiva is so angry with his own wife, whose name is Parvati, yeah. again, can be called as Kali. If you ask any Hindu that is Parvati Kali, they, all Hindus know that Parvati is Kali, it's the same person, but just different stories, they have different names. So uh, Shiva is accusing Parvati that, uh, that you are darker uh, skin than me. And I'm like, uh, I'm a fair complexion and I, I'm i like a sandalwood. Sandalwood is a tree yeah. in India, which is very expensive and and is like fair complexion. So Parvati gets angry and, and her eyes become red and she's like angry with her own husband. So she goes to, uh, you know, a, a nearby mountain to pray and and to meditate, to become fair. <laughs> so, you know, when I, when I start to see all of this, I mean, you see racism, right? I mean, yeah. uh, you see differences in skin colors and, and 
people you know a lot of a lot of people in the western world they think christianity brought racism and in, invented racism and and the you know white privilege and all you get to see that in the very scriptures in hinduism and that's why in india when i was in india i, I clearly remember because i'm a little of fair complexion because in, so northern people are little i come from the northeastern part of india my ancestors they belong from uh, uttar pradesh uh, kanpur which is the most holiest uh, believed to be the most holiest place in india there's so many temples and a lot of foreign like western people from all over uh, the western world you get to see there so my ancestors so we are a bit fair complexion and uh, i remember like so many people my friends and everyone they used to talk about oh, wish we had like your skin color and so you get to see mm. you get to see you know white privilege thing real white privilege thing coming from hinduism actually a lot of people don't know this no like i said in the new age we romanticized hinduism as being the ideal of what humans could attain and and uh yeah so we but we didn't read the vedas i mean i watched videos about the vedas i cracked, i read a little bit about them but not studying them so we didn't know what we were talking about um so sandeep what about tree pose now there's no mention of a deity in that name and you clearly with your body you're looking like a tree a little bit is that yeah. worshiping is that still part of worshiping hinduism and hindu deities even if it's called a tree instead of a person um so uh, again that, that's how you start doing yoga uh, like any uh, uh, pose you're starting to do either you do the padmasana you sit down and you start yeah. doing like for example the simhasana you, you bend like you sit in the lotus position and then you put your hands forward and stretch your body a little bit and you start taking the breath the, yeah. the the kriyas the different breathing exercise you start doing so the, again so that's uh, is related to the god shiva and so the tree pose also is like a beginning uh, pose which you you look like a tree so you're standing and you're about to do the next pose so that is very much connected with Uh, the hinduism and the hindu god shiva actually okay. in shiva sahita if anyone opens uh, shiva sahita yeah, you know uh, in that book shiva sahita this mention of different kind of poses like almost more than 100 poses at the end when it ends the book is about to end it talks about all of these poses are a gift of the god shiva uh, and these are the gifts uh, and so uh, there you see the connection so it's all to glorify shiva when it, we're, it is. we're we're commanded in the bible to only glorify god with our bodies so right mm -hmm. yes uh, and like i've said that did the apostles like if you're a christian uh did jesus do that uh, i mean did the apostles anyone paul practiced you know all of these things yeah well they they, they make up stories it. no they make up stories though i get people who write me that during the the so-called lost years of jesus between his age of 12 when he was in the temple and his parents couldn't find him and then the beginning of his earthly ministry with his baptism um they they say that in that last years he was in india learning how to do yoga or they say uh, he went to the Qumran the Dead Sea and learned yeah. how to do miracles. So people make up all these stories and there's new age paintings that are supposed to be Jesus in a lotus position that yeah. are bl blasphemous. 
Yeah, so actually this belief uh, that you, uh, Jesus went to India, it became very popular during the, if I'm not wrong, 18th or 19th century. Um, uh, so the, there is a book written by uh, a European uh, guy. Uh, I can't recall the book name at this point, but, but it became popular around 18th, 19th century that Jesus came to India and he started learning yoga and meditation. And uh, also there is a Hindu scripture. Uh, it's called the Bhavishya Puran. It's one of the uh, Hindus, uh, major Hindu scripture, uh, which was written actually after the 10th century AD. Uh, so over there, it, it says that, uh, that he, uh, there was a king who was on a mountain and he found a person sitting on a Padma, the lotus position. And then he asked him, who are you? And he replied that I am Jesus and the son of God, uh, born out of the virgin, uh, you know, Mary. And so so these are all later creation, all mm -hmm. like within the 500, uh, 400 years, uh, it popped up. There is no such belief that Jesus, uh, you know, did meditation or went to India before 1,000 years, I'll say. At least. Yeah, he, and we should just say that the Bible says meditate in a different way than we're talking about New Age Hinduism meditation. In the Word of God. Right. Yeah, he meditated on the the book of the the, the book of the law, like right. um, Psalm one and Joshua one talks about. Not right. not this far out <laughs> New Age. Look right. at yourself. Not the sun yourself. salutation. No, no, no. Um, so one of the things that New Agers use for meditation that I think came from Hinduism is mandalas or mandalas. And they, these are these um, shapes that are supposed to be like chakras. Right. Is that related to Hinduism? It, it is uh, very much. Uh, chakras is, again, uh, it goes, it's connected to the Kundalini. So it's believed that there are different chakras in our body. It starts from the Muladhara chakra, which is the root uh, chakra. And it ends at the crown chakra, which is the uh, Sahasarara chakra. And then there is the, uh, the uh, third eye chakra which is the agya chakra uh, so all of these chakras uh, again the question is uh, if there is so the kundalini is believed to be the the feminine energy the so called feminine energy we, which is like a serpent kundalini the word means coiled it's like a serpent the word means like a serpent energy which is uh, sleeping at the base of our uh, body like the, where the muladhara chakra is and you have to um, you have to raise this energy all the way to the crown chakra uh, to get again again the best uh, I, I always tell you always go to the scripture um, because when I was studying all of this I, I went to the scriptures right to the scripture and yoga kundalini upanishad it's upanishad so it's a very important Hindu scripture and over there you get to see because people say okay these are not connected to Hindu gods and and I just do it, you know, because it's physical and, and you really get awakened and you're an enlightened person. And, and this energy chakras, they, they heal your physical body and, and you are free like never before. So in the Yoga Kundalini Upanishad, if anyone opens, it says that the reason why we do this is because to get free of the samsara cycle, which is the reincarnation cycle. So you're doing it to get free. From, so you, you have to believe at first then in reincarnation, that there is something called reincarnation, uh, that uh, you die, you, you come back again and again. 
So, and then there is a mention of uh, that in the crown chakra, Shiva and Shakti. Uh, again, Shakti is a uh, another name of Parvati and Kali. So it's the same person but have different names. So Shiva, the energy is seen as like the ma uh, male energy, uh, where it meets with the feminine energy. So the male and the feminine energy meets in the crown chakra, Sahasrara chakra, and then you get free. Your third eye opens, the crown on top of your it opens and you are enlightened. Uh, and so you, you see Hinduism everywhere. Uh, I mean, there's a whole book, Yoga Kundalini Upanishad. Uh, it's not written by random gurus in India. It's, it's an ancient Hindu scripture which talks about Kundalini. If that scripture was not there, we would, we would not see the chakra theory. We, we would not see that. The, the word chakra is, is itself a Hindu term. It's, it's a Sanskrit word, chakra. Yeah, it means wheel is what we've been told. Yeah, the wheels, right. Mm -hmm. The it's energy a, wheels. Right, supposedly they control everything in our body. Right. Right. Now that you're a Christian, what do you believe? Uh, it, it, was a, it was a long journey. Uh, it all mm -hmm. started eight years ago. And, and I believed in all of this. Uh, so my mom, uh, my mom and my dad both comes. So in Hinduism, there are four castes. The Brahmins who are only allowed to read the Hindu scriptures. Actually, if uh, in Manushmriti, which is one of the scripture, it talks about that the Brahmins are only allowed to read Hindu scriptures. Chapter 1, it says clearly to read Hindu scriptures, only Brahmins. The Kshatriyas are the second. And then we have the Vaishas and the Shudras, the lowermost caste. Uh, and then there is another fifth caste who is known, known as Chandals, who are the lowest of all. So I, I don't come from the, you know, a lot of people uh, have previously accused me, okay, you, you might be from the lower caste. No, I, I didn't lack anything. I had the highest prestige in my own community. I had a big temple still to this day I have in my home where the whole street the, where I live, the community, they come to our house for worship once a year. So, so uh, I was very much involved in this from my mother's family uh, side. Uh, there are many uh, big priests and and Hinduism we all believe in chakras and yoga you, you have to do your yoga is like Hinduism is full of yoga and, and yoga is like there's there is no yoga without Hinduism I mean this is what, what Hinduism invented I mean you can't separate these two things uh, so when I started uh, seeing all of this opening the Hindu scriptures I started questioning my own family uh, members like what do you think of you know shiva you know and the part of the story and the shiva chopping of his own son's head ganesha and who becomes another a very respected deity in, for the yoga and and then so they had no answers and and then i started studying the bible uh, i never went to a church before eight years never in my life uh, I, I just knew that Christianity was, you know, a white man religion and uh, something which the West invented. Uh, but but uh, eight years ago, 2015, I went for a ch I went inside a church for the first time in my life, and ever since everything changed, uh, I started reading the scriptures and and Jesus talks about uh, you know forgiving your uh, your enemies, uh, which no book in the world says no book. Every everyone says do the same what they do to you. You know, uh, you you find that throughout the Hindu scriptures, the Bhagavad Gita, uh, which uh, which I have right uh, over here, 
it, it clearly talks about in chapter 2 uh, yeah, chapter 2 verse uh, 30 anyone opens bhagavad gita it talks about where krishna you know krishna is again a very popular uh, trend in the western world the hari krishna movement i mean it's a big thing here i see and krishna tells to arjuna that if you are born in the kshatriya caste you have to fight there is nothing more righteous than fighting uh, and uh, you see in the bible i mean jesus is totally different person i mean he can't be compared with krishna or shiva well of course there's no comparison between jesus and shiva or between jesus and anyone for that matter because only jesus saves only jesus offers salvation for our souls only jesus offers forgiveness for the sins that we've all committed only Jesus, as fully God and fully man, came to earth and lived a sinless life and then died in our place. What love is that? He died in our place to take the wrath that we all deserve for our sins. And only Jesus was resurrected from the dead, where all other so-called spiritual and religious leaders are dead in the ground. Right. Uh, I have been to... A uh, very uh, important uh, temple, a very popular temple in India. It's called the Baidina Dham. If you if you search, uh, it's in the eastern part of India, uh, Jharkhand, in the state of Jharkhand. Um, so there are many popular yoga uh, to learn yoga. There are many popular places in India like the Rishikesh or the Mayapur or uh, Baidina Dham, Vrindavan. So I went to this uh, the most popular Shiva uh, temple. Uh, the name is even mentioned in uh, one of the Hindu scripture, the temple name. So, um, and I, I, I was seeking, you know, peace in Hinduism. Like you asked me before, is Hinduism peaceful? And so I was looking for peace and, you know, and I, I gave my try. I, I gave my best. I walked barefoot 50 miles with my, with my dad, barefoot uh, 50 miles, uh, blood coming out from my, uh, food I can see and I'm telling my dad you know I'm tired I, I can't do this anymore because you you walk 50 miles uh, like you cross mountains and you, like little mountains you cross rivers and you're just walking and you see thousands of people walking and my dad is telling me don't you see this thousand people that they're just walking with no complaints and, and you complain so I gave my try my, my best to and I, I I always hoped when I was reading the Hindu scriptures doing my own study, investigation on Hinduism, I always hoped that Hinduism should win, you know, like I, I was trying my best that, uh, you know, Hinduism has to be the oldest, you know, uh, because this is, I, I was like so confused. I, I was scared. I mean, what's happening? Because this, the evidence for Christianity, like people say, okay, Hinduism is the oldest. All right. Do we have any manuscript for any Hindu scriptures before like third um, or second century BC? I always tell this to every Hindu uh, and anyone who like tells the Hinduism is one of the ancient religion. Do we have any manuscript, any idols of Hindu gods, which goes back before the second or third century BC? We have nothing. And look at the evidence for Christianity, the manuscript P52 that we have from almost late first century. We have the evidence for the uh, King David and the silver scrolls, the Dead Sea Scrolls and we have this like goes back to the 4th century BC, if I'm not wrong, 3rd century BC. 
we have a paper like something written in a scroll i mean forget the the many uh, uh the inscriptions that we have for king david's life and all like the evidence of christianity is so huge i mean so i really hoped and i i, I was wishing that christianity should, uh, hinduism should win because to leave hinduism for a brahmin caste is like giving you everything because you are, like i was seen as a role model for the other caste people you know my neighbor was a lower caste so so even to this day you know my mom sometimes gets to hear from the neighbors that you know you your son left the uh, you know faith you know coming from a brahmin uh, caste and i was hit by my dad also i remember so yeah so you you lost a lot by coming to christ oh yes especially when you belong from the priestly caste uh, when you come from the topmost caste uh, it's not easy you know because people often accuse that okay the convert you know a lot of people in india are coming to christ uh, in thousands and thousands uh, and a lot are coming from the priestly caste again like i told you like the book of manu smriti which is laws of hinduism if anyone opens uh, the chapter 1 of manu smriti over there you will find that the brahmins the brahmin caste people are only told to read and to uh, like uh, tell the mantras different chant different mantras no other caste can do that so i had everything uh, i mean i had the prestige in my society high prestige and everything but, but the truth you know wow sandeep are all these 30 million hindu deities are they demons are they figments of imagination are they mythology what are they i would say they are mythologies as none of them existed uh, but if you ask a hindu they will say always the the they existed shiva existed and like jesus you know and jesus really existed we have so much of evidence you know we have the gospels the four gospels which are ancient biographies we don't have anything for shiva's life nothing we have nothing no manuscript like we have p52 uh, you know for the bible uh, it's one of the manuscript that papyrus we have for right. the book of john if i'm not wrong uh, so all of this evidence you don't get to see in hinduism you don't get to see for krishna for example krishna is really believed by any hari krishna whoever are followers of krishna they really believe that krishna someone existed but do we have any evidence that's always my question do we have any uh, any inscription anywhere where it says 2000 years ago okay there was a person called krishna so these are mythologies mm. now are the demons again we open the hindu scriptures whoever you know if if the shiv puran never existed if the vedas never existed there would be no shiva uh, you know i always tell this you go to the hindu scriptures you go to the roots and so if you if we open the shiv puran we get to see shiva who was real shiva or krishna we have the shrimad bhagavatam or the bhagavad gita so if you open shrimad bhagavatam you get to see like krishna's life when he was he was a young kid uh, I, i'll just tell a little bit about krishna because he he is one of the very popular uh, deity which is trending uh, i see around my society here a lot of hari krishna and you know yoga asanas uh, krishna is a big thing so in shrimad bhagavatam in, in the book 10 if anyone opens uh, that's the last uh, one of the last books in the shrimad bhagavatam 
uh, over there you get to see Shiva, uh, sorry, Krishna healing a hunchback woman named Kubja. So when Jesus healed anyone, uh, what did Jesus do and what did Krishna do? So Krishna healed uh, this woman and then he, the woman looks very beautiful uh, and, and like gorgeous and so she invites uh, Krishna to her house and Krishna goes to her house and, and and then you get to see all this you know nonsense I mean it's just you compare with Jesus's life it's like so different I mean I mean the the life which these two people lived is so different how can he you don't see the light and the darkness. How can you be so blind? I mean, I mean look at the look at the differences. Come on, uh, look at what Krishna was when, like, he was a child. He stole, uh, like, he he stole the clothes of young girls, and and then it's like all different mythologies. But even if you read these mythologies, you get to see the 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 you know the garbage. I mean, and then. You don't see that in Jesus's uh, when he was young. What what was Jesus doing when he was a child? He was in he was found in synagogue and you know sitting with the Pharisees and discussing the scripture. Like he, he was more for spiritual. So if you have to find spiritual peace, you you look for Jesus. You know you see his life. You you, you follow him as your role model. But like you're following Krishna. So these were surely. Uh, these these are connected to demons actually you look at their lives these are demons they, they have to be demons yeah. yeah yeah i agree yeah yeah especially since um looking back when i would pray and i have repented for this i used to pray to the hindu deities and it would seem like my wish would get granted right and i and i know now that was demons trying to hook me in and i i really think that people get right. addicted to yoga i think they they get hooked onto yoga, and that's why they're so yeah. angry when we speak out about it because this is their addiction. Right, and the Bible it says that the Satan is the king of this world, uh, of this world. So yeah. he he is very clever, and he knows your weakness. He knows how to get you, and and uh, and the Bible also says that Satan is waiting like a roaring lion, you know, yeah. waiting to devour, uh, you know, someone. So. Uh, so, uh, so these are all traps, you know, uh, mm -hmm. of Satan to pull people into the darkness, you know, uh, and you get lost eternally. And uh, I always tell, go to the roots, you know, you have to, you do yoga, you go to the Hindu, you have to go, you, because if you don't do, that's not really yoga, that's not, or maybe if you're doing yoga, but you're not accepting, you're being ignorant that okay it's not connected but how can you remove their names from the scriptures i'm right. not talking about like hat yoga pradapika how can you remove the name of shiva from that scripture which says that these are the gifts uh, like i told padmasha these are the gift even namaste a lot of people don't know uh, saying namaste uh, is also comes from the hindu scripture uh, there's a there's a scripture called uh, natya sastra in, in the Natya Sastra, uh, it talks about different um, like Hindu uh, dancing poses and all. See, over there you find the word Namaste. It was actually meant for uh, to to believe that uh, that I am that Brahman, you know, that that I worship the 
God which is in you, in your soul, uh, in your Atman. So my my uh, the God who, who who lives inside me is showing the respect to to the God who lives inside you. So yeah. uh, if you know the so, term called Aham Brahmasmi or I am Brahman, you know it's a common belief. Uh, a lot of New Agers they believe that we can be that Brahman. You know everything exists within us, and I can be that. So it's so much uh, deception. It's, it is. It's just like the serpent telling Eve that she could be like God. There you go. And, and exactly. And when I was reading this, and I found the connection there in the Bible. This this is an old sin. It's something not new. It's an old sin which we get to see. You know, uh, Lucifer even wants to be like God. Mm -hmm. You know, then serpent telling uh, Eve that they uh, they can be like God. You know, uh, don't you think God wants? Uh, I think God doesn't want you to be like them. So it's like jealousy. It's a pride. Yeah. You know uh, that I I can be like God or or at least equal to God. And so that's why the Hindu scripture Chandokya Upanishad which is a part of Vedas. You know, Upanishads are the last uh, parts of the Vedas. And in Chandogya Upanishad and other Upanishads, the Brihadaranayaka Upanishad, you get to see all of these terms like I am Brahman, uh, Aham Brahmasmi, Tattvamasi, that thou art. So that are you. You are that. So you just have to find that thing in yourself. So it's a self-worship. Uh, it is self -worship. Yeah, it's self-worship yeah. and pridefulness and this this fake belief, this promise that's fake that you'll get enlightenment if you just do it enough or have this kundalini experience. So Sandeep, since you were raised as a child doing yoga and so many schools now today are not only offering but requiring children to do yoga, what are your thoughts about kids doing yoga? Uh, I, think, uh, I think parents... If they see that their kids uh, in the school, they're, they're being introduced to yoga or, or anything which is related to Hinduism, like the meditation, even in New York, uh, there has been a, a new law now. Very soon it might get, uh, like they, they might start implementing it. It says that in New York, every uh, schools uh, till the grade 11, everyone till the grade 11, they need to uh, have a meditation class for at mm. least two minutes in in every public schools in in New York. So uh, I mean, you have to you can't allow your kids to do this because this will pull them away from that one true living God. Uh, slowly, uh, you know, the the Bible says the the light doesn't have any friendship with darkness. Uh, it doesn't have. You just don't because the the devil is waiting like a roaring lion. You know. Just waiting to devour, you know. It may be your kids, and, and you know, if you have to be healthy, eat, eat healthy food, have a balanced diet, uh, and do regular exercises. You know, go to uh, do therapies, different therapies, if you want to um, hit a gym, you know, a fitness center or some somewhere. But don't, don't go to you know, uh, uh, like the yoga centers and, and to just for physical purpose even because these are these are spiritual. You know, in India, I, I always say this, the Beatles, you know, they were fooled uh, big time yeah. by the uh, the Mahesh Yogi, you know. Uh, Mahesh Yogi fooled the Beatles who invented the transcendental uh, meditation. They went to India and even, uh, if I'm not wrong, John Lennon uh, wrote the song Hare Krishna, you know. They were mm -hmm. so much into it. You, you see how it started. 
they, they because they were all in drugs and in all of these things and they were just fooled by mahesh yogi that you know you'll find a different kind of peace in yoga in india so you know they went to india they learned few uh, few things about hinduism and they were in rishikesh which is again a very uh, sacred uh, like a holy site in india and and slowly you know you get to see how beetle turn into you know the, the guy ends up writing a song for krishna <laughs> john lennon didn't know anything about krishna did you read shrimad bhagavatam you know you didn't read so so how do yeah. you say even even george harrison wrote my sweet lord there, there you go yes and and he and, and you all think okay lord it must be jesus but he's got hari krishna as the the chorus of that song right right yeah. so who is this krishna that that's always that should be the question who is this krishna okay my kid is doing the padmasana pose um, the, he's young he's 10 years old but do you know the history behind this pose because slowly your kid will be pulled toward hinduism you know it's just matter of time oh, yeah. you know over the years that that little kid will be like will have a soft corner for hinduism and a lot of people in the west they think that christianity is not peaceful and hinduism is the most peaceful religion but do we see this look at the entire uh, one you know there are two great epics in hinduism one is the ramayana and the other thing is the mahabharata whereas the bhagavad gita is a part of mahabharata and you see war and you see fight krishna himself telling arjuna if you don't fight it, it was a battle between the two cousins Uh, the Kauravas and the Pandavas. I'll just tell, uh, like in in short, over a fight for a kingdom, and Krishna is repeatedly telling Arjuna, "You have to fight." You, you just, but uh, Arjuna is telling, "These are my cousins. I don't want to kill them. I want to forgive them." Arjuna is telling, "I want to forgive them. I know their their faces," and uh, and Krishna keeps on telling, "You are born in this caste. There's nothing more righteous uh, rather than uh, fighting for you." So. Uh, I mean, so how how come you say Hinduism is peaceful? And a lot of people don't know that uh, out of uh, like all countries, Hindu, uh, India ranks tenth uh, when it comes to persecutions for Christians, uh, mm. according to the Open Doors uh, oh, wow. survey and the Pew Research. Um, so places like you know, Uttar Pradesh, where my uh, ancestors they belong from, if you are a Christian, because most of the Christians are the Hindu converts. Uh, they, they they leave Hinduism and they accept Christ, and for them it becomes really um, difficult. If you're born as a Christian in India, uh, maybe you are safe a little bit. But uh, like when I started my this page, uh, uh, I I kept my page hidden from few states in India, like the Uttar Pradesh, Bihar. There are anti-conversion laws um, wow. In, wow. in India. Huh. Uh, a, Yeah, anyone can type it and search anti-conversion laws in India. There are seven states, if I'm not wrong, the anti-conversion law. So I kept my page hidden because if anyone even falsely accused me that I'm I'm converting, like uh, through money or something, I I could be uh, like behind the bars. You know? I could be put in prison. My goodness, uh, Uttar Pradesh. Wow, it's just that was so convicting. And I pray that people watch this whole video because you've got so many uh, points in here that need to be said. I'm sure there's a lot more that we're just kind of brushing the surface. But um, what you've said, Sandeep, is um, really important for everyone to hear that 
Jesus is the way, the life, and the truth. Thank you for listening to this episode of Contending for the Word. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to also like, subscribe, and follow Servants of Grace on Facebook, Instagram, or X. We appreciate your support.